That's right. I want to read you 16 verses in John chapter 3. We, we all know John 3.16, but there's a wonderful story that gets you to verse 16. I hope this story will become real in hearts and lives today. And if anybody here is not saved, I hope what God did for a man in John 3 that God will do for you. The Bible says in verse 1, John chapter number 3, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How? Can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Our final verse, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let us pray. Father, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Our hearts have been blessed by all this good singing and worship and fellowship among the people of God. But now, Lord, we've opened the Scripture. We sure do need Your help. And I pray, Lord, that here for a little while, You'll pull our attention, 
Lord, right where You want it to be. And then, Lord, for those that are in other departments, even as I preach this morning, God, may You work in hearts and lives all over this property. And God, all that's accomplished will thank You. Because, Lord, we know without You, we can do nothing. Help us here a little while, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to imagine Jesus and His disciples after a long day of ministry. They've settled in for the night and fixing to go to bed. And then all at once they hear a knock at the door. I can hear Peter speak up about there and say, Who in the world could that be at this late hour? Well, Jesus walks over to the door. He turns the doorknob and opens that door. And there stands a man. His name is Nicodemus. He'd been hearing about Jesus and his anticipation of Christ overwhelmed him. And he made the trip to come stand on the porch and knock on that door. If you're taking notes, his name means this, a conqueror. And certainly Nicodemus was a conqueror. He had conquered poverty. He was a very wealthy man. He had conquered ignorance. He was a very educated man. And he had conquered many of the evils of life because he was a religious man. But you see, Paul tells us in Romans 8.37, if you're going to go to heaven, you've got to be more than a conqueror. And that is only through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, what a message that is. You could conquer poverty and still be lost. You could conquer ignorance and still you could conquer evils of the world and still be lost. And that's what happened in this man's life. Though he was successful in everything that mankind says that a person could be successful about, he still missed the most important thing. You and I may be surprised who's sitting in this room this morning you may have a degree of religion. You may have a degree of success. But I want you to know religion and success and education is not the determining factor of going to heaven when you leave this world. The only people that go to heaven when they leave this world are people that's been born again by the grace of God. That's crystal clear from this chapter. Jesus didn't commend him about all of his accomplishments. Jesus looked him right in the eye and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. As I stand here in this pulpit this morning, I want to repeat what Jesus said. He said, you must be born again. It's not an option. It's not take it or leave it. It's not if you like it or don't like it. 
It's what thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't get born again, you don't go to heaven. I notice in this story, Jesus being the master illustrator. Can I say to preachers and Sunday school teachers, don't ever be afraid to illustrate. Jesus was the example of illustration. Read the parables. He put it where people could see a picture and then they could understand more clearly. Nothing wrong with illustration. Brother Reed, in verse number 3, he begins illustrating salvation with a birth. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now there is a great illustration. Salvation is like a birth. You know, when a baby's born, you know something, it comes into this world without without a past. It has no past. Aren't you glad when you get saved by the grace of God, you're born into God's family and your past is gone. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I'm just about to get excited. I don't know about y'all. But the best thing ever happened to anybody is to get their past taken care of. And only Jesus can do that. How many of you agree that that's a great illustration from the Lord? And wouldn't that been a good place? Wouldn't that been a good place for old Nicodemus just hit his knees? and caught? Wouldn't that have been a good place for that? But I want to show you his response in verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Now Jesus doesn't give him a chance. Jesus doesn't give him a good illustration. But Nicodemus' response is how? He don't get it. He don't understand. I'm looking at people this morning. You're smarter than Nicodemus was here. Even though he was highly educated, he didn't get it the first chance. But let me give you some good news. God did not throw Nicodemus away because he didn't get it the first time. You'd be amazed how many people in this room that saved by the grace of God and you didn't get it either the first time. Aren't you glad that He's not only the God of the first chance, but He's the God of a second chance? Woo! How many of you got in on that second chance? Well, look in verse 8. Well, the birth, that didn't convince Him. Now He's going to illustrate with the wind blowing. Do you see it in verse 8? He says, Nicodemus, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh and whether it goeth. And so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Man, I gotta say, boy, wouldn't that have been a good place to get saved? Wouldn't that been a good place to call on the Lord? But look at his response. Do you see it? Verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Now look, he's done had one chance. Now he's had the second chance and he still don't get it. But can I give you some more good news? The Lord didn't throw him away after the first chance 
And the Lord didn't throw him away after the second chance. He's fixing to give him the third chance. Would you look with me in verse number 14. Here's the third chance. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I don't see no questions. I don't see no hows. I don't see Nicodemus responding the way he did. Something's done convinced Nicodemus. Something done happened to Nicodemus. Whoop, he's not saying how anymore. Thank God I can see him nodding his head. How many of you can see him nodding his head? As this third chance came. Oh, I just love this story. You see, Nicodemus, let me, let me slow down. He was a scholar of the Old Testament. It's believed that men of his caliber could have quoted the first five books of the Bible. We're not talking about a guy who's ignorant to the Scripture. This man knows the Old Testament and he knows it back and forth. Well, Jesus couldn't convince him on the first chance. Nicodemus don't understand. He couldn't convince him on the second chance. Nicodemus don't understand. But now Jesus is pulling something out that Nicodemus does understand. Nicodemus understood the story that Jesus was referring to in verse number 14. I see Jesus looking in to the eyes of Nicodemus and saying, Hey Nick, you know the story. You remember in Numbers chapter 21 when the people of God rebelled against the Lord and the Lord sent fiery serpents, poisonous snakes among the people. They began biting the people, Brother Jimmy, and many people died. I can see Nicodemus nodding. He knows the story well. He can quote that story. He said, Nicodemus, you remember the story and you remember the remedy when the people came to and said, Moses, we've sinned against God. God heard the cry of the people and heard the cry of Moses. And Moses said to God, Lord, what are we going to do? We've got to have some help. The people are dying. They're poisoned. They're snake bit. And they're laying on the ground. God said, here's what do, Moses. He said, I want you to get a pole. And I want you to fashion a serpent of brass and put it on the top of that pole. And what I want you to do, Moses, I want you to go out among the dying. Go out among the snake bitten. Go out among the poisoned. I want you to lift up that pole. I want you to lift it high enough whoop, that everybody can see. And if any man has been bitten by those snakes on the ground, if they'll just look to that brass snake on that pole, thank God, friends, they can live. Well, Nicodemus knew this story well. And Nicodemus is amazed now at what Jesus 
is fixing to tell him. He said, Nicodemus, you know the story. Nicodemus is nodding. Oh, yes. He said, but one day, Nicodemus, just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness on that pole. One day, Nicodemus, you're looking at the one who's going to be lifted up on an old rugged cross. Friend, that old story don't never get old. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus did upon that cross? And the very same remedy Jesus offers to mankind because all have sinned, all have been poisoned, all have been bitten. But aren't you glad there's hope and there's help? Thank God in the cross, the fact that Jesus was raised up on that cross. Woo! (laughs) Woo! I say glory to God. That's where we get verse 16 at. You wouldn't have John 3.16 if one for all I just told you. For God, He's looking at Nicodemus. Rich, religious, educated, but as lost as a ball in high weeds. And Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever... Oh, let me stop right there. It didn't say that if a certain group, a certain nationality, a certain financial status, a certain elect or pre-select, but thank God it's whosoever, whosoever, hallelujah. I've seen all kind of races here at the house of God this morning. I want you to know Jesus likes that. You know why I know He likes that? Because He said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Most of us, we're just a bunch of Gentiles. Come on now, say amen. Knock your pride and halo off in plastic. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, we could all been in hell for a long time. We're just a bunch of old Gentiles dogs begging for the crumbs that fell from the master's table. He didn't come to us. He came to his own, the Jew. And they received him not. But aren't you glad when God butts in, when the Jew said no, God didn't stop God didn't throw mankind away. He came to us old Gentile dogs and thank God gave us opportunity for salvation by grace through faith that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Can the church say amen? I love this story because Nicodemus understands now. Everything I can find about Nicodemus after this point shows clearly that Nicodemus became a believer in Jesus Christ on the third chance. I don't know how many chances God gives. That's not my place to know. But I know in this story, He gave three chances. There might be somebody here God's give you chance after chance. And here you are again. God's given you another chance. 
God's speaking to you one more time. I can't guarantee He'll speak to you tonight. I can't guarantee He'll speak to you ever again. But if He's speaking to you now, that's when it's time to come. You see, God's Spirit will not always strive with man. God is a gentleman. He don't make you get saved. But He opens the door of opportunity. And I'm so glad for that Friday night when just a little old boy, I knelt in the sawdust and I got saved that night. I got saved because they lifted up Christ in that service. And this pitiful little boy from a community called Brown Mountain who grew up in a holler. Who knows what a holler is? I grew up by the branch. Oh, praise God, at the foot of a little mountain called Brown Mountain. It would have been a good place, Reed, to hide from the FBI. That's where I grew up. And how God found me. He sure enough did. I stand here today saved by the grace of God. I'm not that little boy anymore. But God began a work there. And that work continues to this day. God gave me a chance. I was just a kid. But I remember when God spoke to me the first time. I ignored it. I said no to God. I don't know how many times I said no to God. But I'm glad He didn't throw me away. I'm glad He gave me another chance. Some of you are about to get excited because you remember that service you said no to God. And you remember that night you said no to God. You remember that day you walked away from God. But God loved you anyhow. And God gave you another chance. We're sitting here tonight because God or this morning because God is the God of another chance. You do know God didn't start loving you when you started carrying that Bible. You do know that, don't you? God didn't start loving you when you started attending Reedsville Free Will Baptist Church. That's not when God started loving you. He didn't start loving you when you put some money in the plate. He didn't start loving you when you tried to turn over a new leaf. I tell you, when God started loving you, He started loving us while we were yet sinners. Boy, what a God can look down at a crowd that's blaspheming His name, running the wrong direction wide open, living ungodly, immoral, and everything imaginable. But aren't you glad today He's the God of another chance? I can't help but believe that God is giving somebody in this church building another chance today. I wouldn't walk out of here lost. I wouldn't care what nobody thought. I wouldn't care what nobody said. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. I'm glad Nicodemus ignored his peers. He ignored the other Pharisees. He ignored the Sanhedrins. He ignored the crowd that trained him. He ignored everybody. He got his attention on what Jesus said. And that's what you're going to have to do. It's get your eyes off everybody else and get your eyes on Jesus. Seem like I'm not getting far, but I sure am enjoying 
not getting far. I want you to imagine, God gave you an imagination. Imagine this floor being totally covered in poisonous snakes. Can you imagine the fear, the outcry, the terror? I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have some heart attacks if this floor was covered in poison snakes. Well, that's the picture of Numbers 21. Read it when you get home. Snakes everywhere. Not just snakes, but poison snakes. And they're biting the people. The people are dying. I want you to imagine a teenage boy. I saw some boys here about the age that I've got in my mental picture. Imagine a teenage boy. He's walking down the road and he's attacked by poison snakes. They bite him and he cries out for his mama. And he falls to the ground. Something's happening to his body. Is that poison like fire is a-going through his veins. His mama heard the cry. She came running. By the time she gets there, there he lays, Jimmy. His eyes are rolled back in his head. He's foaming at the mouth. He's swelling. His temperature's rising. He's a-dying. He's almost gone. I see mama on her snake-bitten dying boy, grab him by the shoulders and say, Son, there's hope. Son, wake up! There's a remedy. And I can see her look at his eyes and say, Son, do you see Moses over there? And I can see him strain as he tries to see Moses. He just sees a, a figure that's blurry. He said, Mom said, Son, let your eyes climb Moses' body. And I see him with all of his might as his eyes start climbing Moses' body. He said, She says, Son, do you see Moses' arm? Can you see that? And he climbs up Moses' arm with those blurry eyes. All of a sudden, he gets up to Moses' hand. And Mama says, Son, keep climbing. Because from what happens here on is going to make all the difference in the world. I can see that weary dying boy. His eyes begin to go up that pole. And his eyes get to the top of that pole. And ladies and gentlemen, there's that brazen snake. And that boy fastens those eyes on that dying snake. Guess what happens? His temperature starts going down. His swelling starts going away. He's not foaming at the mouth anymore. He's been cleared by the power of the brazen serpent. On that pole, can someone say amen? What Jesus did for many that day who looked to that serpent on the pole, God can do it right here today on Miller Chapel Road. You say, nobody knows we're even here, Brother Don. Oh, well, the world may not recognize we're here but He knows we're here. And His eyes are in every place. 
He's beholding the evil and the good. Nicodemus, you know the story. Yes, Lord, I know the story. But it won't be but about three years from now. And I'm going to be lifted up on a cross. Just like Moses lifted up that serpent. And he said, Nicodemus, this will happen. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You'll never convince me that the change was not made in Nicodemus right in these verses. All his questions are answered now. He becomes a believer. Can I tell you something real exciting about this story? Jesus is describing how he'll be hanged on a cross. But three years later, on the cross there he hangs, just like he said he would. After all is finished, he gives up the ghost. He falls lifeless on that cross. Sure does look like utter loss for Christianity now because our man's dead. But how many of you know that's not the end of this story? I see a cloud of dust on the horizon. Fine horses and chariots as they're making their way to that hill. On those chariots and horses are two wealthy men who got saved during the ministry of Jesus Christ. One of those men, Joseph of Amarathea, he's most known for providing the tomb where Jesus would be buried. It will only be borrowed and for a little while. Does anybody know who that second man is in that chariot? It's the man in our story, Nicodemus. Can you imagine three years later as he pulls up to the foot of that cross? He looks up at that cross. He tells Joseph, it's just like he told me. He told me this three years ago. And there he hangs. Can you see Nicodemus and Joseph taking that lifeless body from the cross, wrapping that body in grave clothes, headed over to Joseph's tomb. They put that dead body in that tomb. And if it's ever looked like complete loss, when that stone was rolled in front of the door, it looks like hopelessness like never before. You can't even see Jesus now. The stone is blocking the way. But thank God resurrection morning. By His own power, He got up. I said He got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Mary Magdalene, she was headed to the tomb. She was the first one got there. And Mary's worried, how am I going to get the stone rolled away? I'm just a little woman. How am I going to roll that big stone away? Well, when she got there, James, the stone was rolled away. And don't, please don't misunderstand that. The stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. Oh no, no. If that's what you believe, you've missed the blessing. The stone was not rolled away to let Him out. He's already out. I said He's already out. 
the stones rolled away to let us in so we can see the place where the Lord lay, past tense. He's not here. He's risen. Now you've got to be a believer to believe what I'm preaching. Some would say, I don't believe he could come through a sealed up tomb. Well, he's been known to come through sealed up things. When he was born in Bethlehem, he came through a virgin's sealed womb. Six, seven days after the resurrection on a Sunday night, he came through a sealed room, the doors being shut. If he can come through a sealed womb, a sealed room, don't you worry about a sealed tomb because Jesus Christ is alive and He's well today. Go ahead and shout. We ought to shout. Sometimes I think about this. I could have been in hell for years. Could have been in hell for years. Think about it. Years burning and suffering and torture, torment. Burning in hell for years. But God didn't throw me away. He gave me another chance. And if you're lost in this building, the reason you're not in hell right now is because God is giving you another chance. The third chance. That's what it took for Nicodemus. I don't know how many he's going to give you, but if he's speaking today, it's a good time to move. I want us to stand with